from WDBM East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the Air. Joining you now, your Editor-in-Chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello again, this is Burl Schwartz talking, back from an extended absence. Many thanks to Skylar Ashley for keeping the show going. And I'm back just in time to host a special edition as an unofficial national holiday approaches, 420. On Tuesday, many of us will light up or otherwise ingest legal marijuana. That has helped create a booming industry in our community. Not just dispensaries, but grow operations, transportation, testing, and processors. Let's start with the latter. One of the great untold stories of the growth of the marijuana industry in the Lansing area is uh, what happened to the Roma Bakery. And uh, I wanna bring in now the owner of a marijuana processing company called Noble Road. And uh, we're gonna find out exactly what happened to it. Uh, He is Travis Wilson. Travis, welcome to City Pulse. Thanks very much, Burl, happy to be here. Uh, and it's great to have you as well. Uh, Travis, uh, I remember a few years ago when that 50-year institution of Italian uh, baked goods and uh, sub sandwiches sold, and it was a big secret on their part whom they sold it to. And uh, it turns out it was sold uh, to your company. Why did you want uh, Roma Bakery as your location? Well, um, you know, it's uh, such a high profile spot in Lansing, historical um, and someplace that uh, we just wanted to carry out the tradition of uh, making very high quality, delicious, edible products. So it worked out well for us. And it has a kitchen, too. Uh, was that uh, part of the attraction? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was kind of space that was available and it had a kitchen. So at that point, we knew that um, baked edibles was going to be the feature and kind of helped uh, drive the business model. You know, it's a lot of space. Uh, do you utilize it all? Um, yeah, we do utilize most of it. Yeah, I mean, the processors, it kind of it can really vary in size. Um, there's some huge processors out there that, you know, 50,000 square feet or something along those lines. So it's, it's funny how quickly you, you can eat up that space. Is that right? So to, uh, give us, if you will, a, a radio tour of what it looks like for the many of us who stood in line in February in there to pick up our punch key and other things throughout the year. What would people see if they come in there now? Uh, well, it, it looks completely different. I mean, we basically uh, just took out all the equipment that we weren't going to be using and uh, just white boxed the old retail space um, to use it for manufacturing. The kitchen still looks the same, but many people weren't back there. So, All right. Well, uh, this is uh, obviously a big undertaking. I'd be curious about your background, Travis. What got you into this uh, industry? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a passion of mine for some time. Uh, I went to Michigan State and uh, worked as a paramedic and as, and as a nurse before I got into the cannabis industry full time. So um, the marijuana has done a lot of positive things for me in my life um, in my 20s and uh, just helping me with some different types of health issues. So when I became a nurse, um, definitely started looking more at cannabis medicine 
and kind of transition that into caregiving and um, doing patient consults uh, back when the medical program was still um, all that was out there for people. And uh, that kind of led to just wanting to obtain a license and do this on a bigger scale. And so uh, we were able to Uh, Travis, what, what is the key in your mind uh, to uh, producing successful edibles and, and, uh, and whatever else you do? I know you, you also process concentrates. What, what do you think will distinguish you and what is becoming a, a, a crowded field? Yeah, I mean, we've just kind of tried to take a more of a microdosed approach and really maintain the quality. Um, sometimes in the industry, it seems like edibles are just a vehicle um, for the for the cannabis. And so we tried to create a product that um, people would enjoy, even if it wasn't infused. And uh, we we believe we've been able to do that. Um, our products come in, you know, microdose, so they're either five milligrams per piece or 10 milligrams per piece, um, which makes it, uh, you know, easy for a new user to be able to figure out exactly what, what dose works for them. Um, we're a solventless processor. So, and, you know, there's been basically, we're just kind of trying to continue that hash making tradition that's been around for thousands of years and um, kind of put a modern spin on it. So we make live rosin, which is uh, essentially bubble hash that's uh, pressed um, into rosin and uh, it's very terpene forward and uh yeah we love it uh one of the things i'm told is that uh, one of the things i noticed rather when i tried uh, some of the cookies you were nice enough to give to our pot columnist kyle uh, kaminsky was they have a slight taste of the marijuana i guess and uh, i'm told that's deliberate how how come uh well you know back when uh, i used to make edibles uh before all this, you know, I always used can of butter. So they had that marijuana taste. And I always kind of believed that it, it helped with the flavor profile in the, in the edible, if, um, you know, you're doing everything correctly. So, uh, that's something that we tried to maintain. Uh, we think cannabis is an ingredient and something that, um, you can highlight if you get the supporting cast correct. All right, we're, we're talking to Travis Wilson, the owner of Noble Road, the marijuana processing company that's occupying Roma Bakery. You're listening to a, a special 420 edition of City Pulse on the Air, air here on 89FM, The Impact. Uh, Travis, uh, this is a crowded field. Uh, marketing must be critical to you. How far and wide are you selling your product and how are things going? Uh, things are going well. You know, we've been licensed just over a year now, and uh, it's definitely uh, been wild with everything that happened in 2020 and just trying to grow a new business as well. But um, we sell all over the state. Uh, we've got a great presence in the UP, uh, and we're told up there that uh, people drive in from the Dakotas and Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, to pick up our edibles kind of on a regular basis. So that, that's exciting to us. Um, but, yeah, we're pretty much in every market in the state um and uh just trying to continue to be able to feed the retail partners that we have and add more as uh the momentum builds is it possible for you to uh cross state lines 
no, not unless someone drives in as a medical patient or, uh, you know, to come into the state to purchase recreational uh, marijuana, then, you know, what, what they do with it after that is up to them. But um, for us, we are, we're business to business. So we purchase uh, fresh frozen marijuana from licensed cultivators in Michigan and then uh, do our, our processes to get it to finished products. And then we sell to licensed uh, retailers, so provision centers and dispensaries in Michigan. How much fresh frozen marijuana will you process in a year's time? In a year's time? Oh, uh, that's a good question, Burl. Uh, we <laughs> uh, trying still trying to push the limits and see what we can do. Um, but you know, eh, thousands of pounds. Thousands, yeah. <laughs> a lot of marijuana, and must be a, an interesting security issue for you. Uh, we hear a lot about. In fact, a lot of the fees that the city of Lansing imposed on, uh, to, in order to get a license are based on the concept that we're going to have to step up policing. Is there a secure? Is there a serious security issue in your mind? Um, you know, it's definitely something that we take seriously. Um, and but you know, we haven't had any problems, and um, happy to be operating in Lansing. Um, so, uh, yeah. Are, you, yeah, are you uh, pleased uh, overall with the environment here for your business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, I grew up pretty close to the location, so um, it's kind of a dream to be operating so close to home and being able to do what I love and yeah, super thankful. Yeah. How many people are you employing over there? Um, I, we have about 30 right now, I believe. Mm -hmm. And how, so what, how would somebody break into this business? You obviously did it, uh, how, you know, somebody's just starting out maybe with a high school degree, is, is, there, is there room for them in this business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about the cannabis industry is there's no, you know, licensing barriers or educational um, barriers from, you know, to go to get a job in the industry. Um, it's kind of everything self-taught, you know? So, um, from my end, I just started reading once I figured out, you know, growing was something that I wanted to do. And then that led into processing, but, um, uh, it was just a lot of reading for me. So if I can do it, uh, anybody can do it, but yeah, we hire, can't have any experience in the cannabis, cannabis industry or a degree is not a requirement for our hiring. Uh, one of the things, of course, I mentioned earlier, Roma Bakery was known for was uh, their uh, punch key. And I've been asked, uh, somebody asked me, hey, are you guys going to produce punch key? Uh, so, yeah, we don't have any plans to right now. I mean, um, the MRA puts a lot of a lot of stipulations on what we can make and kind of how it's packaged. Um, I, I would be hard pressed to. Um, figure out how to get a good uh shelf life on a pooch on a medicated pooch so i sure i'm sure it can be done but we're not quite there yet so all right well it's great to have you in business here in lansing i wish you well and if you want to know a lot more about what happened to the old roma bakery you can pick up a copy of City Pulse uh, in um, several hundred locations or look for us online at lansingcitypulse.com. Uh, Travis Wilson from Noble Road, it's been a pleasure talking to you and thanks so much for being on City Pulse.
Yeah, my pleasure, Burrell. You have a great day. You too. Listening to a special edition of City Pulse here on 89FM, the impact as 420 approaches. I'm Burl Schwartz. Now, let's bring in our weekly pot columnist, who's also the managing editor of City Pulse, Kyle Kaminsky, for a look at the regulatory side of marijuana in the city of Lansing. This is Kyle Kaminsky, managing editor at City Pulse, here today with Lansing City Clerk Chris Swope, who joins us presumably from a very empty city hall as the pandemic continues in Michigan. <laughs> Chris, how are you doing? Thanks for taking the time. Uh, sure, thanks for having me on and uh, doing well. I'm in our, our South Washington election unit here. Um, okay. um, Barebone staff. <laughs> Well, I hear we have a bit of a licensing issue in the cannabis market here in Lansing. Now we have a, a cap of 28 pot shops, which can have both medical and recreational licenses. Uh, that cap has just about been reached, but now some of these license holders seem to be dragging their feet on getting their facilities operational. Um, what's the situation? I understand you sent out some letters not too long ago. Yeah, well, the cap actually has been reached. We've issued the approvals for uh, all 28 of the locations. Okay. And I, I don't want to use the word dragging their feet because I'm not, you know, there, there may be valid reasons for many of them, uh, but some of them have been uh, conditionally approved since sometime uh, in uh, mid-2019 uh, or earlier, and we feel like they should be uh, getting, you know, that's a two-year mark they're heading on, and we feel like they should be uh, at full licensure, um, and so we decided that we would give them a deadline. Uh, so the ones that were um, the first half of 2019 or before, uh, we've given them a deadline of September 30th to either be open or come back with evidence and valid reasons why they can't be open by then. And then the ones that uh, were uh, licensed in the second half of 2019, we gave them a deadline of December 31st uh, for the same thing. Um, you know, we, uh, we think 28 uh, is probably a relatively appropriate number of uh, retail type establishments, whether medical, uh, adult use or both for the city of Lansing. Um, and to have that uh, artificially constricted um, by having people not opening, uh, we, we want to make sure that's not happening. So we want to encourage them to, uh, to uh, complete their processes and get to that full licensure. Do you have a sense of what's going on with these license holders? I mean, do they just need more time to get state approval? Is it the pandemic slowing renovations? What What's the deal? Uh, some of it is the pandemic slowing renovations. Uh, some might be, you know, with with uh, the concerns of COVID uh, nineteen that uh, that you know they might have some some cash flow issues in able in being able to get things. Uh, we all uh, have heard stories about the cost of construction, uh, raw materials going up. Uh, so, there, so there's a blend of things. Um, and, and I think some of it is, uh, you know, they might not have had, they might have had a great plan, uh, but they weren't really ready to execute it in, in a reasonable time frame. So, the, you know, those are really the ones that we want to make sure we're saying, you know, let's get this moving. Uh, let's get this market uh, fully operational. You plan on being lenient with revoking licenses to folks who are, you know, still working on it, might be at the cusp of getting that shop open? Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll take the evidence that they have of what they've been working on, what their timeline is. Uh, you know, if they didn't get a start for a year after they were approved, and then they're trying to blame it on uh, on the pandemic, uh, that's going to gonna be a little bit of a harder hill for them to climb to convince me. Uh, but 
to revoke these licenses, we would have to go through then a, a process uh, that uh, depending on uh, exactly when, when they got their approval might include uh, you know, a, a denial that might uh, include an appeal to me, and it might even include reviving the uh, Medical Marijuana Commission that's kind of been uh, out of service for a couple of years now. Um, but if they, if their original approval is under the uh, old uh, ordinance, uh, it may involve uh, that type of a, an appeal. So um, it, it'll be, uh, you know, if we do pull the trigger or when we do pull the trigger on any of them, it will still be a process after that. So we're looking at, I mean, is it 2022 that we might see some licenses go back up for grabs or? I, yeah, I would not expect to see any uh, licenses up for grabs in 21. Uh, so yeah, if, if, if any do become available, um, it, it, it will be a several month process after the deadline. Gotcha. And when these openings do emerge, I understand there's some chatter about making some ordinance changes that could pave the way for more women or people of color to get involved in the industry. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, so the state has um, uh, an equity program um, that uh, they made a determination uh, early on under the adult use program of who was eligible or uh, what municipalities were eligible. And the city of Lansing was not determined to be eligible. So uh, when we were adopting our adult use ordinance that also rolled in uh, and amended the, the medical ordinance, um, the, uh, the attorneys told us they didn't feel it was appropriate for the city to add uh, that equity um, consideration into our ordinance. And then uh, really they advised me that there was nothing that I could do outside of the ordinance to provide that as well, um, you know, which I had wanted to do. Um, but then uh, about a little less than a year ago, uh, the state uh, came out with a different list of what uh, jurisdictions were eligible for that program and the city of Lansing was included. Now, by that point, uh, we had already um, given approval for uh, pretty for all of our um, retail type licenses except for uh, maybe one or two micro businesses uh, and our, our since our ordinance didn't address it we really didn't have an opportunity so really there's no you know uh, people applying in the city of Lansing could still take advantage of the state level uh, you know, and they have very, they, the state has much larger, larger application fees so they can get those reduced. Um, but there was no point advantage I could give in a scoring criteria uh, here in the city of Lansing. So if we do have any licenses become available and, uh, you know, contrasted with the grows that we have a much larger limit, uh, the retail uh, micro business and then the retail type establishments are kind of a lower uh, capital investment. Um, so we feel like that's a more of a, a fertile ground uh, for uh, for uh, people who are needing some type of assistance. So, you know, it makes sense for us to review our ordinance, see what there is that we can do to try and give people uh, a leg up into this industry. So really a second chance to take another look at the social equity uh, possibilities here in Lansing. Does this necessitate a city council ordinance change or is this something your office can handle on its own? Uh, it would require a, a, an ordinance change. So, you know, prescribed in what we can consider in the scoring. And um, so since we don't have social equity in, in the ordinance, we, we um, and in fact, I sent a letter to city council 
uh, just letting them know that uh, that we had fallen under the state social equity program and um, you know asking them to consider it uh, we haven't got any bites so far uh, but you know I think I think the conversation is still there and ready to be open sure well I'll stay tuned I know the industry will too and I, I think that just about covers it so Lansing City Clerk Chris Swope again thanks for taking the time I'm Kyle Kaminsky with City Pulse and our listeners can pick up our latest print edition or head to lansingcitypulse.com to read more about this topic thanks Kyle and thanks as well again to Skylar Ashley for producing this week's show